Welcome to Parker Memorial's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern-style worship and an on-time message from God's Word by Dr. Mac Amos. Now, here's this week's message. Now, I want to take time today, and and really we are, Brother Darrell and I are tag-teaming this morning on the message, for we're emphasizing the touching our world emphasis of our church or our missions effort. And we want you to always be informed about the kind of church that you're a part of, okay? You need to know what we are about and that we're trying to do what Jesus commanded us to do. If you remember the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, this is what it says. It says in verse 18, And Jesus said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples, listen, of what? Of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. At the great commission of Jesus, he says, I am here for all the nations. And you are to go and to make disciples of all the nations and baptize them and that you're to teach them. Jesus had a world vision and he died for all people. He's the savior of all mankind. And he called the church to go forth and to be a witness and to disciple all nations. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, as Jesus ascended to the Father, he told his, the angels told his disciple, the angels told him after he ascended, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even the remotest part of of the earth. Where did he say they were to be witnesses, his church? Not just in Jerusalem, not just in Judea, but in Samaria and to the remotest parts of the earth. On two occasions, Jesus has said he has a world vision. Let me tell you something. He hasn't changed his mind. Amen. He still has that vision. He still has that command, and he's still calling the church of God, his church, our church, to be on mission with him. To be on mission with him. Now, in the book of Acts, when you get home, you can study this. But in the book of Acts, you find two churches prominently identified there in the book of Acts. One of those churches was the first church. It was the church at Jerusalem. The other of those churches is a church that was founded later. It was called the church of Antioch. I want to compare those two churches for you, all right? Jerusalem was the first church, and it was It consisted of the Jews because, remember, Jesus came first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles. But the problem with the Jerusalem church, even though they heard the Great Commission and even though they heard what Jesus said whenever he ascended the Father, that you're going to be my witness in all nations, the Jerusalem church just began to focus on winning the Jews for Jesus. They just began to focus on them. And they didn't go out and began to reach the Judeans or the Samaritans or to go into the other world. They stayed right there in their church. Well, you know what you find in that? Just read it when you get home. Read the book of Acts. You find the first thing is they have a controversy. They have a controversy. You know what the controversy is? Because somebody's not taking care of the widows. Some of the widows have been getting left out, and they felt like they were showing partiality. So the whole reason the deacon ministry came about is to take care of the widows, and there became a controversy. It it looked like it'd be a controversy to really cause division in a church and hinder their work and their ministry. Well, that's not the only thing that they had. They had other struggles. They had struggles about whether or not they should 
a, a Gentile could actually get saved, whether or not they could be a believer, or did you have to first become a Jew before you could become a Christian? And there was this whole controversy that was going about. And, and the issue for them is they were not going outside of Jerusalem. They were staying right there in Jerusalem, taking care of the home place, but not going anywhere else. And you know what God had to cause? It tells you what happened. He caused the church to be persecuted. You know why the church was persecuted in Jerusalem? So they would disperse. So they would leave Jerusalem and go out there and do what God told them to do. Do what Jesus told them to do. And that was to share his message with all of the world. That's the church at Jerusalem. But there was also the church at Antioch. And the church at Antioch was founded later. But man, the church at Antioch was totally different. The church at Antioch, they were willing to receive in Saul, who became Paul, when nobody else would. They brought Saul in, even though he had been a persecutor of the church, and he stayed there with them and learned from them and even helped teach them. They were an unusual church. But not only that, if you go to Acts chapter 11, you find out that whenever they get together and they begin to pray, that some of their spiritual leaders got a vision from God, and the vision from God is, we need to send out missionaries, We need to send out missionaries. We need to commission. So they commissioned Paul and Barnabas and sent them on the first missionary journey. And they went out all into all the world, just like Jesus said, into all nations, and began to plant churches and win people and make disciples. And and the church began to expand. They came back. Paul and Barnabas came back. They went on a second missionary journey. Paul and Silas and Barnabas and John Mark went. And then they went on a third missionary journey. You know what the church at Antioch did? They took seriously what Jesus said they were supposed to do. And they sent the message of the gospel all around the world. Now, I say that to you because I think every church has to make a choice. And the choice is, what kind of church are we going to be? Are we going to be a church that's like the early Jerusalem church? Now, thankfully, Jerusalem church finally came around and began to participate and began to send missionaries. But are we going to be like that early Jerusalem church and we're just going to focus on us? Or are we going to be like the church at Antioch and we're going to focus on the world? Well, I'm glad to say that our church historically and continuing today has always been a church that's more like Antioch. Praise God. We do have a world vision. And being a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, we are a Southern Baptist church. Be proud of that, all right? As a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, we believe in missions and we support missions. And we have, a, we have something that's called the Cooperative Program. I'll talk to you in just a minute about that. That helps us to do missions no matter what size church we are, we can be about missions. Well, how are we about missions? Well, there are three things we're focusing on about missions. One thing in, in regard to missions is you can pray for it. Pray for missions and pray for missionaries. Amen? Another thing is you can give to missions. And we believe in giving, and we're a part of that, and we'll talk about that. And the final thing that Brother Darrell will be talking about is we can go in missions. And we don't want to be just a church that prays for missions and even gives to missions. We want to be a church that goes in missions. And we're beginning that process, and he'll share with you some exciting things that are happening. Let me talk to you, though, about prayer. First of all, we believe in prayer, and praying for missionaries is very important. That's why we have a prayer room. 
Up on the second floor of this building, there is a prayer room, and we have a prayer ministry, and we ask our people to sign up, giving one hour a week to the prayer ministry. Inside that prayer room, there is a place that we pray for missionaries, to give part of our hour of prayer to pray for specific missionaries and the missionaries that we have, that we have around the world that are serving God. They want our prayers as much as they need our giving and funding, all right? Because those prayers will open the doors of opportunity. We don't only have the prayer ministry. Every Wednesday night, for the group that meets down in the, in the uh, fellowship hall with me, every Wednesday night we have the birthdays of those missionaries who, who are having a birthday that day, and we emphasize praying for them. That doesn't always fall on a Wednesday, but over a period of time, every missionary will eventually be prayed for if they're, if we're, they're, as, they, as we pray for them on their birthday as it falls on that particular Wednesday. But we pray for them as well as other missionaries who have a special relationship with our church. We pray for them every Wednesday night. Then we have special emphasis all during the year. You'll hear us say, it's the week of prayer for North American missions. And we'll have a little pamphlet we pass out so it'll introduce you some North American missionaries that are our missionaries. And for that week, we're emphasizing prayer. We'll have a, just recently had the prayer for international missions and a little pamphlet that teaches you, it tells you about some of those missionaries and how to pray for them, how to pray for state missions. We are in an effort to pray because prayer is important in regard to missions. It opens the door of opportunity. It provides for those people and it gives them great support. Could you imagine what it would be like to be all the way around the world right now this time of the year when everybody's gathered around their Christmas tree or around their Christmas table and you're tens of thousands of miles away from your family making the best you can and doing what you're called to do. They need our prayers and we can pray for them and help them and minister to them and ask God to strengthen them. But another thing, we don't just pray, we give. And I want you to understand about what our, how our church gives. We do, as Southern Baptists, have something called the cooperative program. Cooperative program is just that. We cooperate together. That means that I give money and another church gives money and we give money together and we can do things together we can never do by ourselves. Do you know most Southern Baptist churches, there are over 44,000 Southern Baptist churches, but do you know most Southern Baptist churches have less than 100 members? Less than 100 members. They're a small church. A church that size could never send a missionary anywhere in the world. They would not have the funds to do that. So they would be cut out of the mission program. But because we're Southern Baptists, we join together and we say, we want large churches and small churches and all churches to give their money. And together, when we give that money, we'll be able to have the money to put missionaries on the field. That's why it's called the cooperative program. And whether you not, not you know it or Every dollar that you give, every dollar you give to our church, 12 cents, 12 cents of that dollar, 12% of everything we receive goes towards the cooperative program, cooperative program effort, giving money out there to support missions. You understand that? Not only that, we also, if you'll look in our financial statement, you'll find out we, we support local missions. 2%, 2 cents out of every dollar you give goes to support missions right here in our town. Whether that be the jail ministry, whether it be the service centers, whether, whether it would be the um, meals on wheels, all kinds of ministries we're involved in. And 2 cents out of every dollar you give goes to that. So 14% of all the monies received here goes towards mission efforts, right? Last year in our receiving, that means that over $201,000 went to mission efforts. That's not used here. 
$201,000 goes out to help world missions to the cooperative program, our local missions here. That does not include what we do on special efforts, which we call touching our world. They call it Lottie Moon Christmas offering or Annie Armstrong Easter offering or the Myers-Mallory State offering. We do it in one lump sum, the touching our world, and that's divided between Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong and all that. But whenever you put all of that together, we gave $100,000 to touching our world last year. So it meant that over $300,000 went towards missions effort last year, which if you take, we received about $1.4 million last year. So that means that 20%, 20%, a little over 20% of all the money or 20 cents out of every dollar that you give goes towards missions efforts. But you might not know about that. I want you to feel good about that. Amen? I want you to feel good that we are not just spending stuff on us and we're not just focusing on us. We're focusing on doing what Jesus told us to do, to be out there and to reach people and to provide missionaries. Let me give you some statistics about the missionaries. On the international field today, we have 300 3,667 missionaries. 3,667 missionaries. To support them, the Lottie Moon uh, goal this year is $165 million. That's a lot of money, isn't it? $165 million. The money that you give to touch in our world, and our goal is $80,000, a portion of that will help to reach that $165 million. Also, $95 million goes to the cooperative program. So that means it takes 200, I mean, I said thousand, I meant million. It takes 95 million go from the cooperative program, which means that's $260 million that it takes to keep those missionaries on the field. Now, that seems like a lot of money, but if you divide it up, that's only $70,000 per missionary. And that's providing housing for them and vehicles for them and transportation for them and all kinds of materials they send out. It's amazing we can do all of that for that amount of money and to have them all over the world sharing Jesus. And if you want to find out more information, just go online and go to the, go to the International Mission Board of Southern Baptist Convention and find out how many new churches we started this year and how many people were saved in, in all parts of the world. And you can feel good about what you're doing because every dime you give is a part of helping that to be accomplished. Along with that, though, on the North American side, we have 5,097 missionaries who are in North America, that's Canada and North America, and they're out sharing Christ and making a difference and planting churches and winning people to Jesus. Along with that, there are additional 4,000 chaplains that are Southern Baptists. Do you realize that? 4,000 chaplains, along with those missionaries who are out there who serve in the military, who minister to prisons, who are in hospice care, hospitals, Southern Baptist chaplains everywhere that we have a part of helping them to do their work and their job. That doesn't even include what we're doing in the state. Now, why do I want to tell you that? I want you to feel good about what we do. Amen. I think sometimes we feel beat up. Well, we don't do anything. We don't, we're not on the front page of the paper and shows what we do. I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter if we're on the front page of the paper here. What matters is being on the front page of the paper in heaven. Amen. <laughs> On the front page of the paper in heaven, it says, this is what we're doing because we believe, we believe that Jesus was serious when he says, go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Everybody is to be reached for Christ. And we're a part of that. And how do we do it? By praying for them and by giving. 
And our goal is $80,000 a year. I think we're at about 35000 so far. And we, so we've got a, a ways to go. But for the end of this year, we believe we'll have that $80,000 that we'll disperse and give to support missions. It's time to pray for them. It's time to give to them. Praying and giving is important. But also going. And I'm excited that Brother Darrell has been uh, brought on our staff. And one of his emphasis is the fact that he is our missions pastor. And he's had the opportunity to lead us in missions now for almost a year. And he's had a really exciting thing. We, in, our, in our 2020 vision, we said, apart from all that I've talked about, we want to do something else in Uganda. We wanted to help a church and start a church in Uganda. So what he's about to tell you about what we're done is not included in anything else we've done. It's a special effort outside of that to see what's been accomplished there. Daryl, you come and share about the going. I'm very excited to share with you about my trip to Uganda, Um, and I'm going to have some slides to show you, but before I do, I want to share with you or reiterate something Dr. Mack was saying. Parker Memorial believes in both mission support and missions action. We support through our prayers, we support through our giving, but we believe in acting and going. If you were to ask me right now, point out the missionaries in this room. I would point at each and every one of us. We're a missionary people. We're to be going in the name of Jesus Christ. We're to do it near and far. That's what we are to do. We're reminded by the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. It says, go therefore. We're to go and make disciples of all nations. That's our commission, our Uh, co-mission, the mission we share together. Not just the missionaries we support through the cooperative program, foreign missionaries and North American missionaries, but ourselves. We want to go. We want to be a part of God's mission of reaching a lost and hurting world with the good news. So it spans from the local to the international. Uh, We are doing missions far and wide because that's what every Christian is called to do. What am I talking about? Well, let's think about what we did in 2019. We had some 2019 missions actions. So in addition to our prayers and our financial support, what did we do? We had a pancake run missions fundraiser. It was very successful. We used those funds to do local missions in the area, such as repairs to a West Anniston church. We fixed up their foyer. We hung some doors they hadn't uh, had hung in a while. They needed some work done. We helped them with a variety of things. But then also, we had a number of our people who participated in our local FCA camp, and they went down and coached up the kids and shared the gospel daily with those children. We had a number of children saved as a result of our participation in the FCA camp. Don't forget also the world changers meals that we did. We had several Sunday school classes that provided meals for our world changers missions group that came to town and worked in our area. We supported them. We had a West Anniston block party, blow ups and a block party trailer. We served food and we ministered to Glen Addy that way, a big day. And then the following three days, we had a VBS there at a local church to reach those children in the Glen Addy area. We had about 
40 children, I believe, that participated over the course of those three days. And then finally, I had an opportunity to go to Uganda. What an exciting time. I want to share with you just a little bit. I got some pictures I'm going to show you from this mission trip report. And uh, uh, as I share, I want to kind of give you a little bit of information about what happened on my trip. Let me just say first, so you know, we had a little early excitement because we got to the Atlanta airport and discovered that Eric's passport had a problem. And so I ended up going to Uganda on this particular part of our mission trip by myself. I didn't know I was going to a third world country by myself, but I did. It was very exciting. One of the bad things is Eric was my picture taker. So I'm going to go ahead and apologize for some of these pictures. They're my phone's pictures. They're not the quality that I wanted to show you, but uh, I think you'll get an idea of what we're doing or what I did on that trip. A 23-hour flight. Ooh, that was no fun. But we got to Uganda and... uh, We had a lot of fun. Pastor Kenny picked me up. And when he picked me up, uh, we began to travel. He picked me up in Entebbe, which is outside Kampala. Kampala is Uganda's New York City, their capital city. He picked me up. We began to drive uh, way out an hour and a half to the west of Kampala, the capital city. And, you know, you started out on the interstate. The next thing you know, you're on kind of a state highway. And the next thing you know, it's getting toward dirt roads. It's kind of the way it goes. And along the way, everywhere you went in Uganda, there were marketplaces along the side of the road. That's where they did their business, all in Uganda, wherever it was, even in the capital city, even along the interstates, you could pull over and buy all sorts of produce. And you noticed also that there were people walking along every road, the interstate, the highways, the dirt roads. Why? Because that's how they get around. Almost nobody owns a vehicle in Uganda. They walk everywhere. To get somewhere a long distance, they start early to get there. And uh, also, I want to kind of show you what the typical Ugandan house looks like. That's a house that has no electricity, no water, no indoor bathroom, no heat, no air, None of the Western comforts that we enjoy. The people there don't have much, but the funny thing is, they seem to be pretty happy. They're very kind people in Uganda. It was great to get to know the Ugandan people. So we traveled along the way. I just wanted to show you some of the things that uh, I saw along the way. When I got to my hotel, this was my hotel. This is where I stayed. I stayed to the left there through those double doors. Uh, it was a nice hotel, the Enro Hotel in Midiana. Midiana is an hour half, and a half west of Kampala. And if you go about 45 minutes south out into the bush, that's where Kenny's church is. But I stayed at the Enro in Midiana, and it was a westernized hotel. So we, I had some of the amenities that we enjoyed. I just want to show you a picture of the courtyard. It's a beautiful place, a beautiful courtyard. You can't see, but in those trees, those trees are full of nests. These nests hang from the branches, the weaver birds. Uh, they, they build these nests and they're loud every morning, hundreds of weaver birds, but such a beautiful view there. And then also here's just another part of that courtyard. I want to show you my favorite thing on the trip in my room, that little fan saved my bacon, that fan and the mosquito netting over my bed. 
because uh, they don't have heat and they don't have air. It's a subtropical climate and it doesn't get any colder about 65 or 70 degrees and it gets really, really hot. Uh, but at night, boy, you put that fan on you. Uh, the, the Western Hotel, the hotel I stayed in was westernized and so I, I had a fan. I had an indoor potty, praise the Lord. And a shower, praise the Lord, you know. And I was able to eat as well while we were there. It was, uh, they provided meals. It was such a blessing to stay at that hotel. And then, of course, Kenny, after I got moved in, moved me out. Uh, we began to travel out toward the village. And as you can see, it quickly became two roads. And one of the first things I saw when I got there was this little boy. And it looks like he's carrying a big old a batch of bananas on his head. Those aren't bananas. Those are plantains. That's different. You can buy that at the grocery store if you want. That's one of the staple foods that they eat. Uh, But then also I saw these two boys, these two boys, they were having the best time. They wanted so bad for me to take their picture. Uh, If I am right, those two boys are two of the boys that we sponsor through our church. Praise the Lord. I met them right away, recognized them. You know where they're standing in front, in front of, just to the left? That is the well that was built there by a Christian organization. That well is right in front of the church building that we're building. Do you see back there the sand in the building? That's the church building we're building for Kenny and his church. Um, and, but they put that well in there. This, this is why it's important. Every person within two or three miles, every family walks to the church every day to fill up their bottles with water from that well. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. And then I wanted you to see kind of the countryside. This is a view from behind uh, Kenny's house. It's just a, a beautiful place. And I want to show you how they cook right here. You see there those giant pots? They'll get that water boiling, and they'll put their food in some banana leaves and wrap it up and tie it up at the top, and then set it on top of that boiling pot. And that's how they cook those plantains and make them soft so that they can eat them. You see here Kenny in his living room. He lives in a house there uh, on the property. Um, That is his living room. Above his head, you can't see it, is the only light bulb in his house. He has no running water. He has no electricity. You say, what about the light bulb? Well, he has a a little tiny solar panel on top of his house, and he charges a battery all day long so he can charge his phone, and he can use that little light bulb at night, and that's where he lives. I want to show you another thing. Yep, spent some time there. That's the outhouse. That's the outhouse. It's a pit toilet. You may not can see, but through that door, there's a hole in the ground. And so uh, that's what people are used to in Uganda. They don't have a whole lot, but they sure love the Lord, especially Kenny's church. I want to show you the church building we're building. We can see here uh, kind of a just a pretty, you can see the area. It's a subtropical climate. You can see some of the palm leaves. You can see the uh, church that's being built. Another picture, you can see that the doors and windows have been installed now. This, these, I got these pictures actually yesterday, so this is fresh. The, the w- doors and windows have been installed. The roof work has begun. You can see more of the roof work with this picture here. And then again, this is a side view. But then I want to show you this picture so that you get the scale of the building. That's Pastor Kenny. He's my height. We are building an amazing uh, building through our mission funds for $40,000. We're building that giant building for them so they can minister and expand the kingdom. That's the same price we're paying just to get that bus barn built across the road. 
Wow, isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord. And so that's uh, the church building, their building. Here's the inside. You can see they use bricks and they cover it with mortar. The guys are working on the inside in this picture. I want to show you, though, where Kenny and his church meets. This is the building. It's just some poles in the ground um, and a little tin roof over the top. Uh, The genius of it is this. There's no air, right? But because those poles have spaces in between, if you get a breeze from any direction, you get a little breeze inside that church building. That's where they're currently meeting. They, of course, move to the new building we're building here in a second. I want to show you the school. Here's the school. That's the two school buildings. Each has two school rooms in it. That's where the 85 children that's in his school are uh, meeting and and being educated every day. You see there's a platform there. I'll explain why. But first, I want to show you this. The first night I got there, Kenny had me go to a house church. He has his church that meets there on the property, but then he has house churches in other communities. And I went uh, there that night, and I shared the gospel with about 20 people. Kenny translated for me with about 20, 25 people. And of those people, about four to five people professed faith in Jesus Christ that night. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to show you what I ate. See, that's what you eat at the hotel. This is what you eat uh, when you're there for lunch and dinner every day. So what is that? Next picture. What is that? Okay, let's see here. That's uh, uh, cassava root at the top. That's plantains, the mushy stuff in the middle. And then that's, uh, that's some uh, 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 slaw there. That actually was the tasty, really, really good. And on my fork is liver. And I think that's a pig's heart there, uh, to the left, uh, that I was eating. Here's another meal I had. And this one is cassava root and beans. And I didn't know what I was going to think, man, let me tell you something that tasted just like American barbecue. It was delicious. I love that meal. It was fabulous. This is the chapel. Here's the children in this picture. You can see them again in the next picture. And then here's me in front of them uh, teaching during the chapel session. Wonderful children, uh, different age groups from little bitties up to, you know, about so tall. And we got a chance to uh, teach the Bible to them that day. The second night, I want to show you where I went, another house church. This is a field on top, a soccer field on top of a, of a hill. Uganda is a bunch of rolling hills, and on top of every hill there would be a village. And so he's got these different uh, house churches meeting there. This house church on this hill invited the entire community to come in here. We had 40 to 50 people show up. I had an opportunity to share the gospel. Kenny translated uh, to them. And, and it felt like the Sermon on the Mount. That's what I thought of, Gary, when I was sitting up there. It felt like the Sermon on the Mount. I was sharing the gospel. That night, over 20 people professed faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What a blessing. Then we had uh, a march. We had a march. I'm just going to show you some pictures. This is a, a band getting ready, and there we're marching. We're promoting the school. And then in the next picture, you can see here. You could see uh, along the way people were lining up. I wanted to show you these two children because if you notice, they're dressed in rags. Not everybody in Uganda has very much. These are the kinds of children that Kenny wants to bless. In the next picture, you can see here along the way, you see coffee laid out and it's drying in the sun. You see meat 
hanging uh, that you can buy meat along the way. And then you could see me exhausted in the sun because I didn't know this march was going to be six miles long. I got the worst sunburn you've ever seen. I could just peel the skin off my face. It was something else. It was a great time. I want to show you, this is the big event when we dedicated the church and when we handed over the church to Kenny's people. And what Kenny did is he got these tents for people to sit under. People were sitting under the tents. They were sitting behind the tents. There was a big platform. All the children were performing. I'll show you a few pictures here in a second. But I want you to understand that there were 400 plus people there. That means out in that rural area, probably 80% of the population of that area came to this event. The biggest event they've ever had, I had an opportunity to share the gospel at that event as well. That means 80% of the population heard the gospel, many of them for the first time. Praise the Lord. Next picture. You can see here is Pastor Kenny and Claire. And you can see... You can see the next picture, uh, some of the traditional dress that they wore along the way. Here's the children. They sang and danced. This is a traditional dance here. The next one, you can see here, this is them in their school clothes, uh, singing and dancing. They sang English songs. They sang traditional Ugandan songs as well. Here's some more dancing. Boy, they can dance too. It's great. Next one, you see the boys, and they're doing their dance. You can see that. But I want you to see... The next picture, I think, is the important one. You see here, one of the important ones, uh, the children were graduating. We celebrated that. It was great. We cut the cake. It was fabulous. All the children came out for the celebration. When they did, all their children, uh, the children's uh, parents, grandparents came out and had a dance party. I mean, it just broke out. It was fabulous. It was so good. This is when we called up Kenny. I had just shared the gospel. We called up Kenny's church. And I announced that we were giving that church building to them to bless their community. Everybody there, all 400 people stood up and applauded. They were so grateful for our church and what we've done. You see here Sunday morning, the worship service inside the church building that they're worshiping in. Again, me with the people. Let's go to the next one. And you want to see here, this is Sunday school for the younger or older children under the tree. And the next one, these are the younger children having Sunday school inside. And then here's the ladies preparing some food for a special meal at the school. And you can see here, I'm out at the market and buying some produce. And then, of course, here we're having our meal with the children. That plate full of food was probably the most those children had eaten in a long time. And then here you see me with the church. They're saying thank you. They're saying their goodbyes. This is on Wednesday night. It was such a blessing. On the way back to the airport, the only interstate in Uganda, I think, right there. And then, of course, once you get in the city, you hit the traffic. And then this is Lake Victoria uh, there just outside Kampala, uh, one of the largest inland lakes in the world. And then uh, on the way back, stopped by Amsterdam and Took a boat tour and saw some bridges and some buildings. It was a great time. It was a great time. I share all that to say what an impact it had on eternity. The pictures are fun and wonderful. Uh, It's such a blessing to share those things with you. But I want to begin or end with some affirmations. 
I want to affirm to you some things. The first is the church building is amazing. We've built over there. And it's not even completely done. It's going to be even more amazing. You can be proud of what we're doing for Kenny and his church. But then also, I want you to know I got to know Kenny and his heart. He is the real deal. He is sharing the gospel day in, day out. His church, the house churches, the majority of those people, he won to Christ. He is winning people to Christ. He is growing the church in that area. And so I'm saying to you that what you're doing for individuals, as individuals, and as a church, for the sake of the gospel and his kingdom, God is seeing you in your faithfulness. He affirms what you're doing. You're being faithful and obedient, and I believe you deserve praise for that. Also, a few challenges, if I may. The first is this. I came back convinced that if we're to have revival as a church, if God is to revive us as individuals and revive our church, we have to get back to sharing the gospel. We need to share the gospel every opportunity we can. I spent a week, I spent a week, um, sorry about that. I'm going to try to turn that off if I can. Nope, not doing it. Okay. But uh, I spent a week sharing the gospel Every day, either preaching it or sharing it personally. Every day. What a blessing it was. We, if we're going to have a revival, need to share the gospel with people. The second is a different challenge. The challenge is this. They walk miles to church. They don't have any Western amenities, many of our comforts. If I were to call you up on Saturday night and I were to say, Brother, sister, I need to let you know that tomorrow morning at the church we're not going to have any electricity or we're not going to have any air conditioning, or we're not going to have any heat, or we're not going to have any running water, or, hey, none of the bathrooms are going to work. How many of us would say quietly inside, oh, good, I get a day off of church? We need to be committed to the Lord, committed to the church. Souls are at stake lives are at stake. The great commission is at stake. We need to be here every opportunity we can to study God's word, to grow and to be faithful for the sake of the kingdom and the gospel. The third is this. Will you go for Jesus? You're going to have some opportunities to go and I'm going to quickly show you two slides. Uh, First of all, in 2020, you can see some mission actions that we are going to take here in 2020. You can see these, a lot of the same things that we did last year, but I want to show you these two slides right here. In addition to those things, we're going to have a spring break family mission trip, March 23rd through 27th. That's a Monday through a Friday at Central Baptist Church in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Anybody can go, but it's designed to be family friendly. Three days of mission efforts there in North Little Rock, and the cost is $100 a person. Let me just tell you, That's amazingly cheap. Um, And if you want more details, there are going to be people standing at the back doors. They're going to have handouts, and you can find out the details about that trip. Families are going to do a lot of different things this spring break. Why not missions? Why not go as a family? I promise you're going to have fun. I promise you're going to have a good time, just as if you went to the beach or the mountains. I promise you. But why not missions? And the second thing is this. Winter 2020, we'll be going back to Uganda. It'll be the last week of December, the first week of January. We're going to do sports camps for children and other missions, uh, projects, and the details will be forthcoming soon. So the last thing is this. Will 
you commit to missions in 2020? Will you participate? Will you commit to being on mission with the Lord? We're all missionaries. Will you do missions for the sake of Christ and His kingdom? That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon dash series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.